Jake Love's poem to Zaida, written by our very own tree. When first I set my gaze upon your blade, its edge was dull as rotten candle wax. Since last you languished, weeping in my shade, none have fallen so swiftly on their backs. For my sash is as the mirror of the sun, reflecting glory into unworthy eyes. What blade exists that cannot be undone? Falling must be the fate of those who rise, unworthy of the heady skies above their waxen wings, unpolished and forlorn. Hold close and tight to all that which you love. From your feeble grasp will it all be torn, like fire fetched from the burning well. In you will be a vision unto hell. Uduasha City, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow, where dancers cavort in forbidden operas, making love to forgetting and flame, where the wealthy play at war with silver swords and silken sashes, where the people mine the dead heart of a burning star for cannonballs and pipework, and where a thousand secrets hide in a forest of paper and ink. Here, the five key bearers reside. The five who know the secrets of the broken gates of death. Five. Five only. There is no sixth spire, forlorn and forgotten in the desert. There is no one who looks to the displaced, the poor and destitute and landless, whose ancestry has been stripped from them by foreign looms and foreign sparkcraft, and no one has ever heard of the House of Endings. But this is their story. Their roots pulled up and burned, they stand in filth up to their necks. That is precisely why they must keep their heads ever high. Welcome to Uduasha, immigrant. May it fear the name of the house you will build. Welcome to Desperate Tune, an actual play podcast about characters with their identities in peril, played by an international cast devoted to fiction-first gaming, collaborative world-building, and complex character drama. Welcome, everyone, to Desperate Attune and the House of Endings. It's a very special episode today because we are introducing a new player and new people are coming to Uduasha. Uh, But before we get to the new person, let me quickly introduce the old persons. (laughs) Now we'll do a a full introduction. Some of us older than we were Uh, a few minutes ago. Some of us? Anyway, yeah. anyway, <laughs> please, <laughs> please uh, introduce hi. yourself. Yes, indeed. Greetings. Hello. Hi. Um, another deep cut only for the community fans. Um, what? I am Tree. The word yeah, hello yeah, is not a deep cut community reference. <laughs> no, but saying it three times is. I see. Uh, but, uh-huh. you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. <laughs> hi. <laughs> 
Saumitri or tree. Um, I live in South India, and so therefore I'm the only authentic South Asian person on this podcast. Don't believe the lies of all the other people, especially Prince. Um, I uh, do various things for a living. I make clothes. Um, I uh, use pronouns. I uh, eat fruit. These are all things that I do. Um, okay, yeah. thank you. I'm playing yeah. Saida the Idolater, uh, who yes. is a sword by the name of Delight. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Uh, moving on to uh, Adiat. Yeah, I'm Adiat and I'm playing Mushrik. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, it's also his birthday. <laughs> yes, it birthday. is. Well, yeah. That's on my birthday every time we're going to. It's yeah, the better to so. your birthday yes. right yes. now. Which we will not be disclosing. It's Adiat's birthday. Yes, uh-huh. and in and in six months' time, when this episode comes out, they can wish you happy birthday. Oh, that, that'd be yes. nice. Thank yes. you, mm-hmm. thank you for that. Okay, o- already this episode is a nightmare for the editor. Uh, mm. Chloe. Yes. Hello. Uh, hello. Yes, I am Chloe. My real name is Zohab. Um, I'm from Bangladesh. Who is also your real name? Nasha. I mean, do yeah, your name. I, 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 yeah, I mean, on on a on a certain level, all names are real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and on that level, both of these are my real name. I also have other real names. Yes, you have many names, like yes. Gandalf. Uh, I uh, am playing uh, Bidrohi, uh, a brash young man with a horrible accent. Good, good summary. And uh, speaking of people who have many names, Emma, as far as I know, has only ever had one name on this podcast. Hello, Emma. Yes, I've only ever had one name, and I never changed my name in any time. Uh, hi, I'm Emma, and I am playing Moss. For now. For now. For now. <laughs> Very good. Yes, and uh, lastly, as I said at the beginning of this tirade, whatever you want to call it, we have a new person joining us. It's Salty. Hi, Salty. Whoa! Wow. Oh, my God. Last and certainly leastly. Yeah, it's me, Salty. They, uh, them. I will be playing um, one of Prince's playbooks, The Bear's Ark, with Golden Eyes Clementine. Or Clem, you know. Bring your name. Yeah. Uh-huh. Love it. Yeah. Love that. Yes. Yeah. Welcome Tree to said, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Tree said he'd outdo with, outdo me with his introduction, so I suppose that's it then. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'll show him up. Yeah. Can't be doing mm-hmm. that, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, well, you think it's not? You think it's possible to show me up? You have not yet met Saida um, at the best, so you know. Don't worry about it. You just. It, it's very easy to show Saida Auntie up. You just grab her by the shoulder and then you point upwards and say, "Saida Auntie, look." Uh-huh. Yes, and then okay. you will get well. a smack upside the head. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic here, I think. Very yeah, yeah, welcome, sorry, Salty. I look forward to your your mm. contributions and to the golden-eyed Clementine. Was that the name? Mm. Yes. Incredible. Yeah, it's a fantastic name. So uh, I suppose that we will introduce your character diegetically here, uh, since Clem is not a member of the crew as we start out. But is there anything you want to say other than the, the playbook? Or shall we leave it to surprise? It's up to you. Oh. Um, yeah, I think 
So Clem is from Severos, um, which I've been told is French. I'm not going to do a French accent because, as you can tell, I am extremely English, and that would be betraying. Oh, no. my, yeah, I know, That's right? Horrific, horrific. See, most people don't. Most people avoid doing a foreign accent because that'd be racist. You're intentionally not doing it so that you can be racist against the French. Uh-huh. Exactly. I yes. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Yeah, every day I look across the channel and I see those bloody French people. Just, yeah, just yes. can't be doing with it. But Hello yeah, to all I'm... our French listeners. <laughs> Hello, French listeners. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Uh-huh. No, go ahead. Yeah, um, and Clem is a deserter from the Unity War. So I think oh. that's probably. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Uh, I was about to say, if we had any French listeners, we probably <laughs> lost them with Augustus Khan. But yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. I'm not worried. We, it's totally fine. We have a lifetime download of France from se- of seventy eight, so they're expendable. Ah, uh, perfect. Mm. Yes, seventy eight people in France who listen to us. No, no, seventy eight times we have been listened to. Uh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's probably the same person over and over. That's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, uh, Augustus Khan listening 78 times for France. Hello. Um, <laughs> and goodbye. Yes. Uh, so I think that takes care of the introductions. I think that's uh, everyone. And yes, as as you are aware, dear listeners, the podcast is uh, uh, yeah transitioning into a slightly different cast. And we are as excited as, well, we are we are very excited about this transition even though it is very sad to see emma go but you are still yes. with us in for this now way it's like gender it. yes. what? exactly what yeah yes what i i don't know um okay. anyway it's uh, don't worry about it yeah uh, we still have um, some more storylines to go and we look forward to seeing them or i do i don't speak for these crazy people but i do um and so, yeah, I think that's introductions and explanations done, pretty much. So let's revisit where we are in the story, unless there is something I have missed again, because uh, my brain is all over the place. I will give the cast 2.78 seconds to call me out on my bullshit. That's all right. So far, so good. Okay. Yeah, so far, so good. Excellent. So, um, to catch everyone up... Uh, a couple of sessions ago, the uh, Rising Moon Sword School, which are our protagonists, the Kethrisi immigrants with uh, a sword school based on farming implements, managed to tear up and did this largely through achieving fame in the Colosseum. There was a victory uh, a couple of episodes ago in which Kethris sort of made a name for itself as this fighting style was proven to work. And yeah, people got invested into the Kethrisi sword school and the athletes and has drawn some attention to itself now since then a couple of things have happened since the tear up the crew has gotten into a clash with the flatbread uncles over their tea guy uh, not paying sufficient amounts of protection money this was worked out with the crew uh, defeating and dealing with a butcher uh, called cutlet whose apprentices have now been flocking to the Rising Moon Sword School, and so there's an influx of some new blood in the school after the uh, 
Pejal the Butcher Apprentice uh, was drawn into the school after being impressed with the crew's prowess. And then, in the adventure immediately succeeding this, the crew successfully stopped a noble from tracking down the the paper that went missing all the way back in episode one. And uh, basically by kidnapping a lawyer and by causing some general confusion. However, in all of this con- confusion, Bidruhi delivered an insult to Ustad uh, Turdan Diamond Tooth. And this insult added to the injury of the Falling Star Sword School's defeat in the Colosseum has led to the Falling Star Sword School now going to war with the crew. For real. This time. And so, this will not be settled in the Colosseum. The, uh, the rich and established and way more privileged sword school of, like, actual noble people and professional fighters is now coming after you. And that's where we pick up this session. Um, formally, for those keeping tracks of the blades in the dark mechanics, we are in the downtime phase. So there will be room for everyone to do their downtimes. But there will also be um, trouble brewing. And by brewing, I mean falling into your laps. And so I, I turn to the players now and I will ask simply, do we want to do downtime first or do we want to do trouble first? And with the trouble will also be the introduction of Clem. Okay. Uh, I have two things. Um, yep. One, one which I think we'll keep in the recording. The other we won't. So for the recording, uh, mm-hmm. okay. I, I phrased that wrong because then we are yeah, okay. No, let me rephrase that such okay. that it will sound. Let me rephrase it such that it we, we, it will sound good in the recording. Uh, so there's okay. one thing uh, to do before uh, we begin, which is we have an advancement that's pending, and I proposed we take War Dogs the ability. Yep, to yeah. be able to be at war. Yes. Uh, for the listener, for the listeners, this basically, when whenever you go to war in Blades of the Dark, there's a bunch of like bad shit that happens mechanically, and War Dogs basically takes care of that. So it's a really good ability in that respect, but it's also a really bad ability because it's a no-brainer that nothing interesting happens. It just removes bad things happening, which is why I proposed a small change to the mechanics. Which is that, and this is just for Blades in the Dark fans mostly, but like an additional bonus, which is that when you're at war, if you have war dogs, then every time you do a score against the faction that you're at war with, it counts as being part of your hunting grounds. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Seems interesting. Uh, I like yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh, think it'd be good. This has been approved by me. Excellent. And so it is. I was about to ask what descriptors we have for Jai Clev also. It's Venerable Sword Saint and Sitar God. Mm. Ah, yeah. He's bo- both a Sword Saint and a Sitar God, which suggests, like, he's got way too much time. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose he is an excellent Shanker. Shank- shanker, Shankar. I, I will oh, Jesus Christ. I will come Jesus to your Christ. house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That and that took like a second for him to come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. instant. <laughs> I'm sorry. You. Anyway, yes. no, you're not. No, you're not. Don't pretend to be sorry. You're not sorry. <laughs> mm. Good. Very good. 
Anyway, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. such is the situation. Uh, Ustad Jaiklev is coming for you. He is the head of the Falling Star Sword School. And uh, bad things are going to happen to you. But uh, I think the logical place to begin um, is probably seeing what Moss has been up to before we go on mm. to the introduction of Clementine. Is everyone mm. cool with that? Yep. Makes sense. Yes. So, uh, Emma, please tell us wh- where Moss has been. There are two things on Moss's agenda, I, know, I think. One of them is the tree. The other one is uh, Hambirau, one of the Falling Star Sword School, who actually ended up liking you. So... Mm-hmm. And I think what we um, what we discussed earlier, very briefly, I don't know if it was on the podcast, I think it might have been in our text messages, uh, was that she will have been gone for quite a while because she was actually, uh, she actually went to take Hambirau up on his word. Um, on his yes. promise that he would teach her, um, and on his demand that he would teach her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, do you think there is a scene there? Uh, there? I feel like it can be a scene, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you can work in downtime actions into it if you want to. You have two mm-hmm. of them. So I think it makes sense to just let you have two, even though it's been a, a time, you know, just makes sense. Yes. Um, so possibly it can be worked into it. So yeah, uh, as this kind of war between the two schools is brewing, there is a secret meeting between Moss and Hambirau, between people of two different sword schools who are increasingly in a conflict um, mm-hmm. and in a brewing war. And I forget if Hambirau suggested a location. I don't think he did. But so let me pick one. And I think the place that he has chosen to train you is deep, deep within the vertical maze of market called Pasarhantu. Very uh, cool. And it is, and it is at the very bottom mm. of it. Pasarhantu is a vertical district of trade, and at the very bottom are the uh, basically where like the beggars and the robbers live. And there's a place there called the Murder Alley, which is where he has said to meet you. Ah yes. Um, amazing, wonderful, not uh, ominous at all. Um, yes. I am certain this is not an ambush. What's light like in Basarhantu at the very bottom? Because in, in other places I would say, oh, clearly this is um, the place huh? of the city where light doesn't reach from the sun, but there's no sun and there, instead there's a big flame in the center of the city. Yes, there is a big flame and a big mirror, but Pasarhantu is very cluttered, so I think it is a district almost entirely in shadow down at the bottom, meaning mm-hmm. there is strong light, but it's being obstructed. It is, however, very right. hot, probably, because it's actually quite close to the well. So there's ah. this unpleasant heat and warmth uh, going on, and, you know, it's crawling uh... with insects and uh, full of dirt and debris and garbage from the other higher levels of the district. It's a broiling, uh, dirty chiaroscuro uh, maze. Cool. Yes. Excellent place to do a heavy physical exercise. Let's go. Yes. So Moss will Moss will head up, um, head down, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, into the into Vatrantu. and I think she has to to ask a few times. Um, it's very awkward asking someone somebody where Murder Alley is. 
Um, yes. But uh, the it is just a nickname, and oddly, this part of Passer Hunter is full of Rakshasas going through the things that can be found here, who are quite friendly, actually, and mm -hmm. have no problem showing you the way to the depths Wonderful. of the district. And so, so I friendly. think you... Yes. And so I think you will come to uh, the alley, which has been... It's so named because it's been the spot of frequent gang wars as the turf is traded here. So it is, a, it is indeed a really dangerous place. But as you enter the alley, I think you see Hambirao. And I think that he is, as you said, this is chiaroscuro. The light is really strange. And so he is somewhat shadowed, somewhat like backlit. It's hard to see the details about him. Except that he stands with his sword already drawn. He does not wait for you with it like in the sheath. He's holding it out. Maybe he heard you come or something. All right. And uh, yeah, I suppose... I. I I would say he sees you, but you are Moss, and maybe he doesn't. Now remind me, I think uh, Moss had his sword on her for a while, but yes. I don't see it in the inner inventory anymore, and I think I, I vaguely remember parting with it at some point. I believe you gave it back. Can we get confirmation yes. from this? He could have easily gotten a new sword, but it's actually somewhat relevant if this is his... No, you, I think you gave it back. Yeah. yeah. I believe that was the case. Well, well, one of his swords was, uh, you know, shattered. One of one of them was broken. Yes. Uh, all right. Mm -hmm. Continuity uh, errors all over the place. It's fine. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, um, no, the Moss? sword that was broken was his backup sword, I believe. We said he had two. Yeah, one yeah. of them is broken. Mm -hmm. The other one was mm -hmm. stolen, and now it has been returned. Okay. Moss, I think, is not here to sneak up on this guy, so mm -hmm. she will let herself be seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he turns and he says, Well, you're early. I I thought it would be rude to be late. I suppose that says something. You bested us in the Colosseum. And I suspect not entirely with just swordplay, he says, and there's a little smile on his bearded face. It's, uh, well, the, the Kethrisi arts go deeper than just swinging a sword well. If that's what you're referring to. Yes, I do. I'm hey. sure there was, uh, there's not a lot. I'm, I'm sure your uh, your falling star uh, techniques are no different. Otherwise, what? why is there an entire school? Wait, I, am I saying the, the, the people wrong? Falling star, no, that's correct. No, yeah. I want to jump in real quick to remind everyone that last time we, at the end of the, that particular score, there were still traps inside the arena that Moss didn't defuse before we left. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> this is correct. So he uh, he inclines his head and he says, It's so. Unfortunately we're caught up in politics as well. Intrigue lurking about that sort of thing. I never liked it. But 
maybe you can change my mind. Maybe you will find um, that there is a good use for intrigue and lurking about when one has no choice but to use them. And she smiles a little bit. Yeah. He, uh, he gives a little laugh that echoes in the alley. And he says, you have a lot of courage for someone who does not actually know how to use a sword. And he doesn't say it as an insult. He just concludes that, like, from what he's mm-hmm. seen, you're not actually a martial artist, unlike the rest of the sword school. Which is very true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what are you going to teach me, then? Oh. I'm going to teach you how to survive when you don't have the choice of intrigue. And he will throw you a weapon, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he has one prepared. And, uh, hmm. Okay, I will let you decide here. I hate here. that I th- like this guy now. Uh-huh. Do you think Why, that... How dare you make me like him? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Hambira has been the least dickish, I think, among no, I the mean, falling star sword school that you've met. wrong. But we're about to go to war with these people. I would like to, like, slaughter yes. them without having any guilt. Thanks. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, you can't always get what you want, my friend. Uh, I was going to say, do you think he th- throws your sword, or do you think that he actually throws you some sort of farming implement, which is what the fo- rising moon usually uses, right? Like a sickle. Well, I think he's going to teach me how he does it and how the yeah. the, the falling star school does it. So it's probably yeah. a sword. Mm-hmm. Also, it'd be yeah. kind of condescending if it's you a sickle. I think. Yeah. It it might, but it's t- it's telling something about him, right? But he's teaching you what he does. So he throws Here. your sword. Here, have a rake. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he throws you a sword, and mm-hmm. uh, then he says, I think with my presence we should be left alone, but if we're not, you have my permission to hide. But I won't respect it. Now... <laughs> he says with regards to like the wow. bloodthirsty gangs that hang around here. And then he raises his sword and he just says like you already understand a lot of this. Much of swordplay is in the stance and the attitude. And you have plenty of attitude. But and uh, then I think he's going to actually teach you like some basics of swordplay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh he's going to teach you like some of the, the stances used. And some of the like practical techniques. And what we know of Hambirao is he's been, he's like of noble birth, but he's made his living as a bodyguard. So he's a lot less flamboyant than the other fighters. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is going to teach you just the basics. There's nothing fancy or advanced here. There's no like how to outwit someone. He is literally just like teaching you how to hold a sword, how to have a steady grip, and how to like, yeah, go through the basics, get acquainted with it. So it is up to you if you want to take a training action or some sort of long-term project here. You have the opportunity for it. But either way, he is going to do his best to try and teach you. Okay, cool. Um, so what I I wrote an ability which is basically, well, actually, I stole an ability from, I don't know which playbook it is, but I'll, I'll look it up in a, bin, mm-hmm. in a minute. Um, and I renamed it Purloined Arts of the Red Sash. Uh, mm-hmm. You can push yourself to do one of, one of the following. 
move to any location on the field of battle, you can see push violently against your enemies, locking them back have... down or over. That one. Mm -hmm. It's yep. the Tiger's Fury from the Furthest <laughs> playbook. That's the yeah, one. That's... Yeah, so um, I think I want to do a long-term project to uh, gain visibility. Uh-huh. Do you want to frame it as a long-term project or just as personal training? One of the upgrades you got, by the way, was improved personal training last time. So you can just do a training action and get to playbook XP. Oh, actually, that's better. I think what you're missing. So you could <laughs> yeah. get this now. That actually makes more sense for, um, yep. for what the scene is like, I think. Yeah, so I'll all do right. That. Very cool. So I guess he's actually a very good teacher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it means Moss is an incredible learner. She just needs to be shown one thing <laughs> one time. Yes. Yeah. She's and also been gone yeah. for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This takes a little while, to be fair. But yeah, I think he's going to like keep uh, keep meeting you in this this area. And what he is looking to learn from you, right? Because he is not one of the super proud members of the Falling Star. He doesn't outright ask you to teach him anything, but uh -huh. he is he's like following along as he teaches you, and it's clear that he's learning from you as well, from this like how to uh, move about in your surroundings, uh, mm -hmm. how to you know be more careful about things. So I think actually you he teaches you this ability, but you also teach him this ability because uh, it's yeah. not all about swordplay, right? It's also about being mobile on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So actually, this is a mutually beneficial exchange. I feel like potentially um, he he could be he could learn like uh, one of Moss's abilities that she already has. Yep. When yeah. when like I I can imagine him pushing her in uh, in sparring to where she uh -huh. has to resort to um, to her own ways of doing yes. things sometimes. Uh -huh. And then yeah, learning. That's from pretty that. much what he's trying to do. Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent. I think that's that scene. And then I think, hmm, yeah, you have one more downtime action, <clears throat> but I suppose it makes sense to see Moss like reuniting with the rest of the crew in this relative calm before the storm, because the actual fallout of the previous score was not like super intense. So there is like some, some downtime in the literal sense. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think this is a good moment actually to introduce to like have Moss return and rejoin the others, and also to introduce Clem. And so, turning to Salty for a moment, uh, the crew has a contact named Woots, a blacksmith. Do you yes. think this is the angle via which you're introduced? We've discussed it a little bit. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's go for that. And you have been looking for the Sword School, correct? Yes, very much so. Especially now they've uh, got the word out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. And yeah, I guess you also know this blacksmith. It uh, He, they can be... I, I don't know what gender Woots is. I don't know who wrote this character, actually. But uh, you can, if you want, make it a contact of your own to have it overlap with the crew contacts. Or maybe it's just someone you know. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I think let's, let's have it as somebody I know who's not on my contacts. Mm -hmm. Very good. Awesome. So yeah. Then we will define more about Woots in a second. But for now, let us set the scene as Moss returns home after one of these nights of training um, that have been going on. Uh, and by home, I don't mean actually home, because Moss lives with Saida, but to the boarding house where your mother lives and where Mushfik and Bidruhi also live. 
so the boarding house has been boarded up, haha, uh, because Moonlit Ankatam, uh, your mother, has been increasingly concerned for her safety ever since uh, Bidrihi got in a fight with one of the flatbread uncles. This is what's really sparked her worry. Mm-hmm. And so you come back to see some of the, the like, windows are extra boarded up. There's, like, a guy at the door now, like, some sort of informal doorman or watchman who is being paid probably a pittance to just, like, sit there and drink chai. But he is an early warning system. He is looking out. Right. It's Butler. Ah, yes. It's Bidruhi's friend. It's Bidruhi who has the friend Butler, right? Or is it Mushvik? No, no, no. Butler is our butler. We established oh, yeah. that we have a butler now called Butler. Oh, yeah. You, hi- you hired a butler called Butler. Yes, who's basically just a guy who lounges around the house and does odd jobs. And I guess one of them is to sit on the porch and watch for strangers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we established that he is very old, I think. Yeah, I don't remember anything else about him. Nope, I think we literally just established that he's very old. So yeah. there's an old man on the porch Butler. keeping watch, yes. Oh, he's an, um, he's a, we also established that he is a Dagger Islander. Yeah, uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he has tattoos. Yes, that, mm-hmm. that was the thing. He's old, he has cool tattoos. And mm-hmm. so this old man is sitting on the porch, and yeah, windows are being boarded up, and there's like a general sense of paranoia. Moss, as you return to the boarding house, you know, probably you haven't been to the boarding house for some time because, as mentioned, you don't live there, right? You live with Saida. But yeah, yeah. I, if it's okay, I'd like to be outside as well. Uh, I mm-hmm. think Bidruhi and Bidruhi Butler and uh, his little sister Uzra sometimes they mm-hmm. sit outside playing um, Parcheesi. Ah, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which what, we call what Ludo is in this ba- word. So oh, it's, it's a, Ludo. Okay, okay. Ludo. Yeah, 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 not Ludo. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Ludo purchase whatever. Or sorry, uh-huh. whatever. Anyway, we're playing. We're just uh, kind of playing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, dice are being rolled, and then we see Moss for after some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll like give a small like, hey, and sit down with them for a sec. Uh, who's winning? Mm-hmm. Oh, sister must look look at this like a uh, dastardly absolute bastard strategy that uh butler is taking he's like he's got like two stacks of like these guys that like on top of each other and now i can get past them and like what this is like absolute like horseshit don't you agree usra How, can't use that word <laughs> usra says yes, in offense yes, horseshit. <laughs> yeah well, not bastard uh-huh. Yeah. Uzra, it's, it's time you learn these things, okay? Like this is just the la- this is the how people here speak, okay? You, like, you no, know, it's like, not. It's, it's how unwashed people like Butler talk. Butler <laughs> and Butler says, "I don't talk that way. That's horse shit." Is that what he sounds like? Oh, I love Butler. Yes, yes, very good. Incredible. Okay. Oh, sister Moss, is it? Is it? Tell me, is it okay for me to say horseshit in front of our little sister? Yeah, uh, well, it... it's not a word I would say, but uh, it's not like I'm going to stop you. Shit. Okay. <laughs> I have yeah. been, I've been I've been thoroughly rebuked. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think as you have been thoroughly rebuked, Butler like rolls the dice and like effortlessly scores another win. Yeah. <laughs> Like, look at he's like, cheating. Yes, he is definitely <laughs> cheating. 
<laughs> How do you cheat at Ludo? <laughs> He has way fewer dice. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, those dice are complete bullshit, Moss says. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he looks up with a little smile and he says, Oh, give an old man his simple pleasures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cheating is not a simple pleasure. Look, listen, you have to go through so much trouble to do this. Like, how is this a simple pleasure, man? Oh, that's the first time anyone's ac- accused me of not being simple, he says, and he sips his tea again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and I turned. I, I think as he says this, I think this is a good time. He looks up and like he still has a job as a guard. And so right. he looks up and he grabs like the broom he has, which is to basically it serves two purposes. If there is a threat that's like a beggar or a spy, he can beat them with the broom. And if there's something serious, he can knock the broom against the wall and like send a warning. Mm. Uh, but he stands up because there is someone he does not recognize, but that you two, Moss and Bidruhi, do. And it is Woots the blacksmith, about whom we have established absolutely nothing. So I guess Moss and Bidruhi, since you saw him first, you each get to establish something about this person. Starting with Moss. What's a, what's a feature of Woots the blacksmith? Woots the blacksmith has... Uh, he I guess has... I established that he's a he, I realize, because I said that now. So I guess that's what I'm establishing. But go ahead, Moss. All right, we'll go with that. Um, uh-huh. He has a shirt made from, it looks like human hair, basically woven. Uh, mm. And it's like almost half tunic length. Mm. Okay. Uh, so we have the sartor- moss comes with a sartorial detail. That's an unusual inversion. That's usually Bidruhi. Uh, Bidruhi, what do you notice about Woods other than his shirt? Uh, Woods the blacksmith has unusually long, delicate, beautiful hands. That mm. you know, it looks much more like a violinist's hands than a blacksmith's hands. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, he he steps forth, and I mean, he's still a blacksmith, so there is something like slightly threatening about his posture. Uh, and I think also the other thing that's threatening, I realize, is that he's carrying weapons. <laughs> um, because, I mean, he supplies them to your school, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's got to make all the fine weapons you have. And this is mm-hmm. the guy. He like reforges and rebalances farming implements. That's largely what you employ him for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, he steps up. He says, "Oh, uh, young master Bidruhi, I have the items you uh, your school needed." He says, and he, I think he's like surprisingly elegant in his movements and behavior. And he like holds them up with a little flourish and shows you these like sickles reweighted for combat. Hmm. Very nice, Mr. Woods. And also, I am always congratulating you on, I always complimenting you on how, even though the lateness of the hour, you still do your deliveries. You know, you don't have to do it. You could do it tomorrow morning, I say, taking the weapons. Yes, I know that. It's, uh, well, a friend of mine actually wanted to have a word with you. Um, But I notice, how do I put this? You seem a little... Not used to strangers at the moment, he says, looking down to Butler and like the fact that the the boarding house is boarded up and fortified and there's just a general air of paranoia. Uh, I thought 
you might not want to be taking guests here, but there is a guest uh, back in my shop who would really like a word. And he okay. like points over his shoulder. I think Bidruhe is just a trusting guy who thinks, you know, as far as he's concerned, Woods is a proper old gent. So mm -hmm. despite the context, he's, he'll be like, oh, yes, that sounds great. Uh, okay. Yep. Any friend of Mr. Woods is a friend of mine. And uh, speaking of being on a heightened sense of security, Butler, this is for you. And I hand him a sword. Yeah. One of the new ones. <laughs> yes. So I think the sickles that I mean reforged make for swords kind of like, like a kopesh, you know, these like mm. curved choppy swords so he holds it mm. up looks it over and then i think he tests it by like hacking into the broom and he cuts it in half and goes oh very nice very nice butler <laughs> excellent yeah. job i mean that's a natural i say looking at moss yeah and a good sword too mm. okay yeah uh yeah on that note moss have you kept the sword that uh Hambiral tossed you I, I don't think it was a gift. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, so Makes I think sense. she's going to have to make do with uh, mm. other knives knives and stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I give um, you one of these swords as well. Yes. <laughs> one of the fine weapons. A blade. I mean, I, it's I probably think not Moss... as good as a proper sword, but it's a weapon. Mm -hmm. I think Moss might... God, give me a sec. I think Moss might actually ask for one, um, mm -hmm. now that she knows how to use swords. Uh, yeah, just order one from Woods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. He, uh, yeah, he scratches his chin, goes, well, that can be arranged. Um, as I said, I'm going back to the shop. If either or both of you want to come there, we can, we can see about a sword and also see about the guest. I Sounds good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I put my arm over Woods' shoulder, and then I start gesticulating as we walk. So, Mr. Woods, this is sword for my sister. Okay, it must be the most badass bitching sword you could possibly imagine. Put if you can imagine that. Oh, filigree here wouldn't make sense. You put the filigree there. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sure my skills aren't worth your filigree yet. It's a it's a sword you will grow into, sister. <laughs> And uh, meanwhile, I think he just under his breath says, like, before you lot came along, my, my biggest business was rakes. <laughs> but because I mean, and this is a business you will grow into, Mr. Woods. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does not make fancy weapons. You don't have a smith who makes fancy weapons. He, he is a guy who can make tools and also repurpose tools into weapons. We have a smith who can make fancy weapons if he decides to. Yes. Believes in himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is uh, where we introduce uh, Golden-Eyed Clementine back at Woots' shop front. And he's an old-fashioned smith. He has set up shop in, in Bundervest, so he has the smithy out back. But he does have just like a storefront where he sells, well, tools, everyday things, right? So there's like a little shop with things hanging on the walls. It's kind of an interesting looking place where you got like some hammers and axes and other just hardware tools and implements and stuff. And I think just, just to make uh, a point, he has actual weapons, but like under the counter that he can pull out if someone tries to rob him. 
if someone gets the idea of pulling down an axe from the wall and like threatening him with his own tools, right? Uh, and this is where we see uh, Clementine. So please describe Clementine. Yeah, so I feel like Clem is uh, sitting behind the counter, legs up on the legs up on its surface, sipping sipping some chai. Um, so she's in her late thirties, early forties. Very tall, very butch, very scarred, um, and she's got a headscarf on because she's not used to the kind of heat of the fire just yet. Kind of shielding herself from the flame a little, just completely relaxed, but like this kind of false relaxation. And yeah. uh, Woots, I guess, makes the introduction, so he just says like. Pedruhi, Moss, this this is Clementine, a a connoisseur of of weapons, it would appear. (laughs) He, you know, because probably not of your chai. Yeah, not of your chai. You need more pumpkin in this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He uh, he shakes his head and he heads in behind the counter uh, (laughs) and says like. If I were in the chai business, I wouldn't be making rakes now, would I? No one respects my rakes. <laughs> Mutters to himself. Okay, if uh, so, um, hmm, this is a this is a good thing. That so this is something I'm thinking about now. So I've been calling Ma's sister because we're even though she's older than me, she's my sister. But I also call Saida auntie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what I would should be calling Clem based on the age. Hmm. Yeah, this is uh, treat your salutation. Help me. No comment. Wow. <laughs> you withhold your powers of being the only real South Asian, I see. Yeah, I think I have learned well from the colonial masters. And the best way to use power is to just say that you have it and then keep your mouth shut. Wow. Okay, sure. Okay. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> okay. I look at Cle- uh, Clementine and I say, Sister, if you want best tea in Uduasha, then you have okay. So you have clearly, as a connoisseur of weapons, it is magnificent. It is it is obviously clear that you are here, right? Because you know, why else would you be at Woods's? Of course, you are a connoisseur of weapons, but also you are in luck because we happen to know the best tea maker in all of Uduasha. His name is Mofis, and he is a treasure. All right, then. Pleasure to meet you. Hi. Oh, hello. Uh, my name like is Bidrohi. Clementine is as trusting as Bidrohi. Just, hey, man, yes, I will come with you to meet your friend. Hello, My name is Bidrohi. My name's Clem. Nice to meet you. How's it? Yes. Nice and sword. Yes. Ah, yes, this is a very good sword. I, I, am, I am very, very fond of it. And yours? I'm, I'm looking at, what weapons do you have, by the way? Well, as a Berserk, I have a fine shield. So mm. that, I think, yeah. Just set oh. out on the counter as well. What does that look like? Ooh. It's a very flat, um, it's Scotland style, I reckon. So it's mm. this very flat disc, round, maybe with it almost almost like a point, like a teardrop at the end. Is it made of wood? Um, very, very, very thin metal. Interesting. Embossed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I and I see that you favored the shield as okay. I have one as well, and then I kind of like uh, show you my very small buckler. 
Like it's like oh. slightly bigger than my fist. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, but you know we are talk we are nerding out about weapons and so on, which is a great and noble sport. But I have not introduced you to my sister. This is Moss. Hi. Pleasure. You been to Deathlands? Yes, I have. You have the look of it. Is that a compliment? From me, it is. She says with a little smile. I um, appreciate it. Pleasure. And from me, I think you have the look of an absolute stone-cold badass. There's just something about you. There's a sort of like a, as they say in in Severus, there's a something, something, there's something special about you. They say that in Severus? Yes, uh, there's a, I mean, they say it in Severusi, but I can't pronounce it. But anyway, uh, you wish to see us? That's yes, what we, we yes. Said? yes, yes. I mean, you've, you've really, this, this, what you're doing is very impressive. I, I've come all the way from Sunfall. All the way from Sunfall. I've never been to Sunfall. Sister Moss, have you been to Sunfall? I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Then fuck, then fuck that place. Absolute bitch ass place. I will never go to Sunfall. Sister Moss, I hope you have never been to Sunfall because I it sounds like you are better it. than it. So I have say? never, I have never, and I shall never. Excellent. Very good. Very good attitude. That is how we should fuck Sunfall. We all hate Sunfall here. Uh, yes. Where's Sunfall? Very good question. I see. Looking at uh, Clem. It's in hell. Don't go there. But I think at this, Clem, Clem's got up, like stretching. Well, I mean, pleasure chatting, but do we go? I mean, I've not been here long. I'm... Where the hell is Woot? Is Woot still um, with us? Or has he through to the back? He is in the back of the shop, but you can hear him and he can hear you. He overhears the conversation and during pauses in it, you can hear him muttering to himself mm. about how he wants nothing to do with this Deathland stuff. And I think Woods talks to himself quite a lot. So there's a lull in the conversation and you hear like, not buying anything either. <laughs> like Sunfall? The sun's falling all the time. It fell years ago. Why is there a place called Sunfall? Makes no goddamn mm. sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then I think Bidri looks a little taken aback at Clem, at Clem and says, uh, oh, so you're proposing to join the school, is that it? Yeah, I, my sword work could uh, use some work, and well, I've come this far, might as well get something listen, out of it. Listen, absolute badass like you, as I can just tell, just by looking at you, you have like this sort of like main character energy about you, this aura that I think just speaks of like sagas and so on. You know, you don't even have to try out. We have a small trial period, but we will waive it immediately for you and f- draw you into the fold right now. I make this judgment just based on pure instinct. And my instincts are excellent and they are never wrong. Unless Mosapu has other, other things to say. Well, I have very little instincts about sword fighting, so I'll take your word for it. Very good. Okay, I, let us go. Let I, us go to the I temple. Knew. Let's go to the temple right now. Uh, I, okay. 
I, yes. yep. yep. Okay. Um, yep. No further questions. I'm being taken to the temple. Recruitment done. Fine. We have introduced the new PC. It's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I think Clem we will. Being swept along. <laughs> Yes, I think we will see Clem being introduced to the temple, but I think now is a good time to cut away to Mushvik, because there's a lot going on, and I'm going to move ahead the plot now. Yes, speaking of stone-cold badasses who have main character energy. Yes, speaking of stone-cold characters who have badasses who have main character energy, Omid! Um, No, he doesn't. (laughs) Because, Mushvik, uh, you are going to have a run-in with Omid. And uh, I think, where are you at this time? You're like out and about somewhere. Usually, I think Uh, you basically mostly travel between the boarding house and and your restaurant. But well, as it happens, uh, Mushfix in Sunfall. (laughs) 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 No, all the way west. No, don't. No, I think um, so. I was going. I was going to. I was thinking of actually planning a run-in with Omid to mm-hmm. pursue some of my clocks. But if he wants to have a run-in with me, as yeah, you can yeah, work that... on this downtime project here. I, it is an opportunity, even as it's also a danger. You're mm. going to see in a minute why. Um, okay. But if you were planning a run-in with him, I suppose he was planning a run-in with you, and so hmm. I guess a logical thing is actually for you to just like have a planned meeting in that case. No, no, no. That that uh, yes. I mean, yes, it's logical, but that's not what Mushri would do, you know. Yeah, that's not what yeah. happens. Very yeah, good. But, so I think so, you just. I don't know. I think do do you have like the kind of thing where we're tailing each other? You see like an aerial bird's eye view of the two just like going through the city and following yeah. each other in circles. Oh yeah, my god, I think that you guys are so <laughs> I think that I think that is what happens. There's like yeah. a weird cat and mouse game going on throughout like Bundervest, throughout like the crowded <laughs> immigrant district. And then yeah. uh in a corner of like some foreign part of Bundervest, which yeah, okay, it's not the Skov district, it's not the Kestrity district, it's a very, very small dagger islander <laughs> immigrant district, it's like a couple of blocks. This is Excellent. where you run into each other, uh, mm. with the, the Dagger Islanders' houses being painted black with pitch and tar and hung with fish bones. You, uh, they have like fishbone uh, mobiles hanging outside. Uh, this is where you run into each other, Omid, in like long uh, robes that he does not normally wear. He has the weapon like hidden underneath it, and there is a look of like weird urgency about him and then he spots you and you spot him and there's a tense moment i think in this like narrow alley where you happen to lay eyes on each other and what do you do um so i picture that the scenes like we both turn into the alley at around the same time yeah and what we both uh, we do the the spider-man meme where we point at each other yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very good. And Omid strides forward after pointing, and he kind of splays out his hands. He goes, I'm not here to kill you. At least I don't think so. Oh, that's too bad, because I am. Not to kill me, but to kill you. Yeah, that was clear from context. (laughs) (laughs) He like uh, it's our, up, I know it was, but I hang out with a guy who misinterprets what I say all the time. 
Pedro, he, he, he like, gets this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, Pedro, he, like, what's with him? Like, I, I say too, I, I can't even mention your name without him, like, getting into some, like, weird idea that, like, we have something going on between us. Well, that makes this next part awkward. But I'm here. I'm here because what we have, we settle between ourselves. But someone's meddling. The Fursan are after you. You need to get out of Uduasha. Now. The Fursan won. What the fuck the Fursan won me, won me for? When we fought in the street, that was between us. The Fursan handled that honorably. They split up the fight. They buried it. Someone's bribed them. Someone's calling it attempted murder. I got shaken down by people calling me a victim. I don't appreciate being called a victim. I mean, if I know one thing about you, the only person who would uh, call them, you know, call you a victim and call this attempted murder is you. So what, you're selling me out to the first son now? You think I would tell you about it? No, it's someone else. you got enemies. I don't know who they are. But they grabbed me, and they got me to... Well, they dragged me to a court. I didn't tell them much, but apparently I didn't need to. Mm. Alright. You know what I'm with? Like, that, that just adds... Uh, this all, all this just adds to a long list of questions I have to ask you. Come on, why don't we, uh, why don't we grab a drink? You're gonna have a drink with this man? Uh-huh. Yeah. A he, meeting. yeah, he I, looks I called at it. you. I called it in uh-huh. session one. Yes, he <laughs> looks at you and uh, pauses a moment, and then he says, "You've gotten involved in politics, Mushfik. I warned got... you not to get involved in politics. I've got other people have got me involved in politics. Yeah. All right. I suppose a drink then." I won't drink with a politician, but maybe I'll drink with a terrorist. Because, <laughs> I mean, to him, you are a terrorist, so... Yeah. Uh, I've been called worse. Yeah. Very good. So I think he follows you to, like, a small uh, tea store nearby. Yeah. Um... I think this is going to be the kind of place, like, it's pretty nondescript. Uh, just people going in and out, like, uh, you wouldn't really even call this a restaurant, right? Like, it's just some... Yeah. Um, it's basically a shed that just popped up on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. Like a hole in a wall kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. He seems more comfortable that way, because I, I think he would rather, like, you know, stand up and drink by the side yeah. of the shed. And yeah. he definitely is looking over his shoulder. Like, Omid has made some bad decisions. Decisions. He may be part of a powerful gang, but he, as well as you, has enemies, right? And he does not move very confidently in Bundervest. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Mushbek um, looks him in the eye and says, Hey, look, there's only one reason why you're not dead for just now, and it's because I have you have information that I need. In fact, I'm not even sure why didn't I, why didn't I kill you last time? Like, what the fuck was I thinking, just letting you go like that? Uh, yeah. The Persona are asking the very same question now. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I've got soft here in the city. Jeez. Look. You're gonna start talking, right? 
And for once in your life, you're going to tell me everything, and you're going to tell me the truth. Information? That's what you're after? What about? Whose farm to burn down next? Whose farm to... <laughs> okay, we're out of character. What does he mean by that? Yeah, you guys had... You guys were part in a bloody civil war in Ketris where, like, you know, they well, burned... Mean... He burned farms, you burned plantations, really, I guess, right? But you yeah. struck against the wealthy landowners. Yeah. That's what he's alluding to. Like, Tell me the resistance. Gonna destroy. Tell me the resistance has never burned down the farm of someone they thought was a collaborator. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe they did, too. No, I just was saying that. Because I've accused yeah. him of burning. I'm just, I'm just checking that yeah, he's yeah. doing the same. I, I, I just figure he's accusing you of the same thing. This is kind yeah. of the sad thing about civil wars, right? There are yeah. war crimes on both sides. It's yeah. just... How it is, or at least you know, maybe you didn't participate in them, but there was a farm that burned down, and he definitely blames you for it. It's oh, up to I you think, whether you actually. I think Mushroom would have participated in that, but okay, so let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think in fact Mushroom's gonna take this very badly, where um, mm -hmm. um, as subtly as he can, like uh, maybe just like point like just jab his finger into Omi's like solar plexus like well he he would do it with the knife but there's there are witnesses here yeah, right? yeah it says that uh, you know we are not the same one with right whatever the fuck you're implying here i suggest you drop it we are not the same so what do you want answers about is it <sighs> fuck me man i've been like uh, i thought like it was the independence, all that. I thought it was like, I left that behind in the, you know, after, what was it? What it was your unit, wasn't it, that uh, destroyed the little last remains of mine? But, I don't know. I'm here, I'm, I'm with uh, some guys. I can't even really, I don't, I don't even, if I even really like them that much, but I can't get away with from, from all this stuff, right? Like... I still gotta uh, get involved with what some some passport like or like piece of paper that you've been. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, water yeah. under the bridge. You're what? working for that Al Qader guy now, and he yeah. he entirely frames it that way. He thinks that you're <laughs> Al Qader's lapdog. This is how he views yeah. you, and he has total contempt for that. Yeah, it's about that. You know, before I uh, cut you a new one, you said something about not trusting Al-Qadir. What are you talking about? I'm talking about men with big words. Men who talk about honor and duty and dignity and rights. Yeah, you know all about themselves. that, don't you? Yeah, because it was you, right? When, because uh, everyone says that, oh, the Ketrisi rebellion, no, a bunch of farmers got destroyed when the... Uh, big guns like you came in, but we all know what happened. We were winning until you started getting men like Al-Qadir to start fighting against each other. Right? Is that what's going yeah. on? He, he laughs and he says, the gentlemen are a bunch of dogs. Mushfik, it wasn't that hard. What's he up to? Because uh -huh. you're it, asking about about Al Qaeda. Yeah, I want to know if. So basically, I want to know if. Well, first of all, I guess 
we don't know if Alcadar's up to much of anything, but yeah. I think Mushmi suspects because yeah. Alcadar has been kind of inserting himself into mm-hmm. yep. these situations. Absolutely. And, uh, uh-huh. and you also are looking for your Rustad, which is a separate action, but I don't think yeah. what's, what Alcadar is up to ties into this. No. Right. But, uh, but he shrugs his shoulders and says, I don't know exactly, but he's talking to Videha, you know about her, the woman that paper was meant for, talking to her, talking to the houses here. You're getting pulled into their games, and this isn't even the gentlemen's games. This is the damned five houses. Once you're under their thumb, you're a lapdog forever. Mark my words. Fucking hell, you've got your finger in every pie, huh? Five houses, what is this shit like? Because, you know the uh, Saida, right? She's been saying, I've got no fucking idea, man. Like, something about the House of Endings. And, but you'd know, wouldn't you? Because, hmm? oh. I don't know anything about that. A no. long time ago, I decided that's what's worth caring about is money. Some people have it, some people don't. Now, they want you to think there's something else to it. They want you to think they have some divine right to be up in their towers. And they're going to make you believe it, I think. Because you always were naive, Mushvik. You always fell for propaganda. Damn. Mm, let me give, give me a second to look at for the spot. Uh, yeah. Uh, and. Like, we've, like we've learned, Omid is a cynic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and he's good at it. Okay, I think what I'm trying to get at is like so, like just uh, out of character to uh, I guess check in with the rest. So I'm trying to get at that Alcadir's up to something, and I wonder. And I mentioned a few sessions ago that it didn't really make sense for uh, this was when Tree was talking about you know. Uh, how the other five, other five houses threw Prince Katlam into the fire, and I was thinking, well, you know, what what did they want with some like backwater village in Ketris? Right. Yeah. What so, did they want with that? so what's your question? So my question, I think, is okay. So he says, okay. So uh, woman says that I've always uh, fallen for propaganda, right? Okay. So yeah, you go. So I guess, only there was only one man whose word I trusted. And I think you know whether that man is. Okay, now is where you make your role here. Your, your yeah. downtime action. Let's see how much Omid actually knows. Alright. And how much he's willing to tell you. I think this is the downtime action to work. Because you're working on a project to find your Ustad, the only yeah. man you ever believed. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Alright. I'm going to say this is a consort role. Cause... Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're consorting with the enemy. You don't get a bonus die for Amid because he is your rival. Yeah. <laughs> but... Literally your rival. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, I think you can just push yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like I'm looking at my stress meter, which just has enough. Yep. Ooh, six. Nice. Okay. He knows everything. So, so three ticks to the clock. Which let me check how far that uh, advances this project. It's the uh, four out of six. Mm-hmm. So you're getting closer mm. to finding this information. Yeah, I think there are two things. 
there are two things going on here. Uh, actually, I think what makes perfect sense is that Omid said, listen, I told you to get the hell out of Uduasha, and now you have two reasons, right? One of them is to keep you and me from getting involved with the Fursan, because once they grab you, they're going to grab me again. They're going to drag me to be a witness in some courtroom. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'd rather you die in the desert and have to deal with that. Eurostad is uh, he's back in Kethris. Go, he says. And he's lying. You can tell this like very plainly when you look into his eyes. This is why you have a six. He is just trying to get you to leave Uduasha. He's telling the truth about that. He wants you to fuck off. He doesn't want the Fursan to get involved in his private affairs between mm. you and him. Um, but the information you get here is that your your Ustad is definitely in Uduasha because he's right. definitely lying and trying to get you out of here. Okay, uh, if I may suggest something, Adyat, you yeah. rolled a six, which means you got three ticks and you're two ticks away. Uh-huh. If you were to upgrade your result by spending a coin or something, then you'd get yes. the full crit. But ah. would you give money to this man? Um, this is the money we're spending on tea. Here. And he just uh-huh. drinks the tea and it's like, yeah, well, mm, no, 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 this is like uh, retroactively. All the, we've been ta- standing here talking for a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You I mean, it's it. still like a, a point is what, like a week's wages? Yeah. Bushwick <laughs> spends a lot of money on food. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is I true, actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I have a different way of making sense of it, uh, yeah. if you want. Yeah. And I think that... Um, uh, hmm. Okay, maybe I don't, actually. But but if you upgrade it to a crit, I uh, think what Omid will say is that he will he will recommend you like a caravan, a caravan owner, someone who can take you out of the city, right? Mm. And uh, this person is basically the next the next clue in the chain this is a caravan person who keeps track of people who come and go into Uduasha. so he, he i guess because you throw him off with this unexpected generosity he suggests probably the very same person who smuggled Eurostad into Uduasha. so he's he's basically oh. recommending you a, a people smuggler hmm, like okay uh, and this people smuggler will be the clue you need since your clock is now finished so let's name this this person um this this smuggler of individuals uh there, there is one thing though which is that i threatened moments by saying that he better tell me the truth and i know he's lying so i yes, think maybe we should know possibly lying. frame it uh-huh. differently where okay fair enough or I guess you it... can uh hit him in the face for lying to you i'm just saying uh-huh. Yeah, I, no, I, he, he still is your rival. I don't think it yeah. makes sense that he would tell you the truth. I think he gives it away oh, to I, you accidentally. Okay. Or... Because you weren't or commanding. It's like his weird... Yeah, is your weird honor here... No, but he wants you to leave, right? It feels like... Mm-hmm. He's not. He's yeah, unlikely okay. to, like, deal straight. If, if you don't like him lying to you, then let's reframe it, especially since you spent this coin, right? I think he says, uh, then... Uh, let's re- Let's frame it this way. Uh, he says uh, Gurban the camel got him into Dwasha. Gurban the camel happens to be here and he can get you out of here and so he will just straight up tell you like what person smuggled uh, smuggled Yorustad in but he is telling you it so that you can leave using this this person 
and he is not lying to you actually he is st- okay. he's still trying to like get you to go but there uh, but in this case it aligns because now he can recommend to you how good of a people smuggler Gurban the camel actually is does it make, yeah, sense? makes sense yeah that makes sense um mm-hmm. okay i think all right that that's very useful but i'll tell him that uh all right well Thanks for that, Umid, but I'm going to have to disappoint you. I ran from, from my troubles in Ketris to Vundervest, and all my troubles, and by all my troubles, I'm looking at him as well. Like, follow me right here, so I think I'm done running. And our business yeah. isn't concluded. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He, his nostrils flare, and he says, Before the Fusan grab you, I better kill you myself. And I think totally this would spell out spill out into violence here and now, right? He is absolutely ready to kill you, and you are probably absolutely ready to kill him. Um, but of course, narratively, such a thing cannot happen. And I also think it makes sense that he's not lying about the Fursan; they are after you. And so, yeah. I think at this moment, like a general alarm goes up. No, actually, it's the it's the the guy who's been selling you the tea. Mm. He goes like, okay, violence, help, guards! And so the Chaiwala betrays you. Uh, right, but so uh, two, like a whole coin. This is, what, yes. this is what happens when you don't go to Mofis Bay. You, yes. you fucking, ba- you fucking bastard. Uh-huh. You betrayed. Also, you betrayed Mofis Bay. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, what 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 the Chaiwala realizes is that if he stays, he might get caught up by the Fursan, who's going to take a whole coin's worth of profit away from him. They're totally <laughs> going to do that if they show up here. So it's more, be- it's better for him to take the money, run. And call the attention to the dangerous criminals that are about to rob him, mm. kill each other. I don't fucking know. Um, okay. So, yeah. So Is just there... as you were about to cross blades with Amid, the Chaiwala raises the alarm. All right. So is this uh, are we are we just calling it that we're running away or is there are there rules to be made and things to do? It's up. To, it's up to you. I think if All you right. just want to run away, that's you can just do it. But if I will you never want just to run get... away. Yeah, fair enough. What, what do you want to do? I will then? run away, but never just run away. I'm gonna. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think if 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 there's um opportunity, um okay. Mm-hmm. So is is does the thing slightly distract him for a second? And yeah, absolutely right. does. He's about to draw his sword, and then this guy goes, "Fuck this! I'm out." Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna. My, then Mushrik like takes the opportunity to just grab Umid by the collar and throw him through the the whole, uh, I guess over the counter of the uh, tea uh, store before legging it. Okay, absolutely <laughs> skirmish with him, and hmm, I guess I did say he's slightly distracted, so I will just call it risky, not desperate. Right. And the standard, yeah, you can do it. You can throw him into the tea stand, and. <clears throat> Maybe the Fursan will find him again and forcibly make him a a victim and witness. (laughs) Okay, so uh, I'm going to hit hard here because I think it makes sense. So to clarify out of character what has happened, of course, is that the Falling Star Sword School, whom you are at war with, are the ones who just went to the Fursan and were like, yo, arrest this guy. (laughs) He, you know, everyone saw him stab this person. Um, we will bribe you if you make a case of it and consider him guilty. And so that's what happened. Um, and the consequence here is uh, quite simply that the Fursan will spot you running away and they will have another crime to pin on you and there will be heat. 
Mm. Is it wanted level time? Oh, are we just one off? We're you two are off. two off, which is a risky consequence. So if you don't resist yeah, this, you will have sense. a second wanted level because known murderer and wanted criminal Mushvik was just seen assaulting the very same man again in a tea stall. It's it like they have. It's like there's something going on with, between these two people, you know. It is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unfortunately, again, the Frisson have been bribed, so yeah. they're going to. Yeah. How are you, how are you resisting? Uh, well, I guess I'm resisting by doing by having done this really, really quickly because yeah, I, running I guess, really, really fast. <laughs> yeah. So because. Um, the ideal scenario that I was picturing in my head is that the guard raises the alarm, but because it's a narrow alley, like the mm-hmm. cops aren't like here yeah. yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just uh, I I you know I toss yeah. um, it into the wall, leave a little you know mm-hmm. a, a little something for the cops and mm-hmm. yeah away. okay resist with prowess by running really fast and <laughs> just by like escaping really so really that good. they don't spot anything. Oh yeah, two and... five two four. Nice. Do you trauma with, out with that? Yes, I. Unless I were we supposed to get an extra? Oh, yeah, sorry, no, we were not. It's not getting an extra stress. We were getting an extra trauma. Mm-hmm. No, so no, we got an extra stress. Extra stress. Extra stress? No, no. Yeah, yeah, it's an extra stress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, then you don't trauma out because you have an extra stress box. How convenient. So I've got one Lovely. The three. That's already. You already have that added on. You're. You have ten now. Okay. Oh, okay. so do I? Then I do trauma out. All right. Oh, fair good enough. Night. Yeah, good night, everyone. Uh-huh. Good night. Unfortunate. <laughs> so you dash away, and I think the the trauma here is, <laughs> I think honestly, uh, the trauma here is probably just the realization that Udwasha is not necessarily safe for you. And I mean, yeah. Okay, you only have one wanted level, not two, but the cops are still after you, and they're going to cash in on that wanted level and throw mm-hmm. you in prison for. I think one wanted level is just like a few weeks in prison. It's not like a super long time. But it's, you know, still not a fun time. And the Fursan are hell-bent on catching their man now. So, mm. yeah, you're a fugitive at the moment. Yeah. It's okay, Cherikatam. Uh-huh. We still love you. Uh-huh. Even though you said you aren't sure if you really like us. Uh-huh. Yes. And mm. so, hmm. Uh, Tree, we haven't seen Saida yet. No. Yes. Uh, and so I will ask you, we have had a lot of solo scenes, and I have one planned for really? Saida. Do you want that first, mm-hmm. or do you want to meet Clementine first? Let's meet Clementine. Um, yeah. And if Clementine's coming to the school, I think I know exactly how she's going to meet Saida yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, so Clementine is indeed coming to the school. So the school, as it were, is an old smithy. It's probably where Woots or one of his competitors used to work. Actually, probably one of his competitors. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a little bit tidied up. There's now a training yard with like some training dummies and some equipment in it. But other than that, it's like a smithy with an old moldy sofa in it, some potted plants, and uh, yeah, little decorations. But mm. there are people out training in the yard, and Saida set the scene. What what does it yes. look like as Clementine Moss and Bidruhi arrive? So I think as you arrive, what is happening is that um, uh, we have a problem, and that problem is called Pejal who has decided that we're super cool and he should hang out with us and learn how to do swords with us. But that doesn't mean he stopped being loyal to uh, the flatbread uncles, yep. specifically the one called Cutlet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Saida is attempting to dissuade him 
from uh, and I think like they will be quite ineffectual at this to be clear. But I think uh, what they're doing is um, trying to dissuade Bejel by uh, using him as a sparring partner and demonstrating uh -huh. to every all the other students. Oh, this is how the Rising Moon works. Uh, this uh -huh. is how you do this move. All of this stuff, right? So she's like uh -huh. um, explaining things. But Pejol does end up more and more like not exactly harmed, but certainly he's not having a good time. People are right. coming at him with sticks. Yeah. So there's this yeah. <laughs> yeah. teenage fry cook being beaten up by the other students. This is what Clementine <laughs> sees upon arriving I, at the school. Like, I like I think what's what's happening is that Saida um is basically uh, oh, I know how to make this even better, actually. I think what she's mm -hmm. doing is she's kind of trying to show someone, show everybody else how to defend someone who mm -hmm. can't really defend themselves or doesn't know how to fight. Uh -huh. But yeah. she's deliberately doing this in a way where it's inflicting some psychological damage on Beetle because, like, yes. he does get a bit at A and B. He does see sticks coming towards him until she, like, yeah. deflects them at the last moment. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay, so Saida is defending a fry cook from the rest of the school. Yeah. Like berating on. everybody else, right? Like, uh, yeah. watch your feet. Um, you've left an opening. Like sometimes the sash will just go and like. Um, I've been thinking about this actually. I was, I was like, what is a practice sash? And I think it is a like a, a rope with a weight at the end. Um, so, like, she's got this little, like, not little, like, it's fairly long, it's a rope. Um, mm -hmm. Like, the weight is, like, hitting people in the head, and, like, you're there, you know, like, mocking people, whatever. So, this is yep. what you see. Yeah. Uh, okay, and... the scene is yours. Yeah. Um, and I think as you come in, uh, this is the... Um, there's probably a little bit of a routine now where tier one, right? Like people are coming to learn some stuff, right? They might not be officially part of the school, but certainly like there's some classes and stuff going on. So as you come in, like maybe you don't even come in like at the end of the session. So you see like 10 or 15 minutes of the last bit of the session as PHL gets more and more tired. And at some point, I think even um, one of the students like manages to land a hit on Saida and she's like, okay, stop. And then, like, that student gets a little bit of, like, a reward and is like, oh, see, you did so well. Uh, proud of you. Pejal, you're still useless. You need to just be better at literally everything. Or don't come back. But the last bit, last bit is not said out loud. Um, yeah. So I'm curious. What's Clementine's reaction to seeing this training? Because, I mean, on the one hand, this is what's happening. On the other hand, Saida is a kind of impressive teacher, right? Like, these, these are a bunch of random kids, mostly, who actually fight pretty well. 100% is like love at first sight. It's like, mm. holy shit. This, mm -hmm. I've come to the right place. Yeah. Oh, God, there's two of them now. <laughs> it's, yeah. Also, it's really good that Clementine has appeared after the Demonette Sash. Because now, yeah. you know, I, re I replaced one problem with the other rather than you would say Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I have yep. more problems for you. Don't worry about that. But Excellent. Okay, that's good. That's good. Amazing. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think like as the session comes uh, to a close, um, 
Bold Murad, who is probably not doing anything, uh, like... I mean, Bold Murad is also like... training. He's also a student. Oh, right? is he? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Okay, in that case, um, as, as one of the senior students, um, mm -hmm. he's going to be assigned to also making sure that, like, you know, nobody's hurt too badly and, like, water's being handed out, or this kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And I will see that we've got some guests, and I will say, uh, oh, Moss. I haven't seen you at home for uh, days almost, it feels like, or at least like I wake up in the morning and you've left, and then when I go to bed, you're not back yet. Sister, are you sneaking out at night? I am like, doing entirely, entirely, um, uh, entirely okay, okay, I, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. And I zip my mouth and I give you a big wink. Yeah, this is exactly what I was afraid. I think Saida, in fact, connects exactly those dots and goes, oh, shit. Bidri, that's He's going to think I she's, like, seeing somebody. Bidri, that's not what I meant. Saida, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I, you know, it's just that I worry about you. I worry about all of the people in the school, um, which you know is kind of a lie in that Saida doesn't worry really so much about anybody and definitely doesn't worry about everyone in the school. But it's important to the reputation. Mm -hmm. um, then, like, you know, their eyes will, like, settle on uh, Clem and they will say, uh, do we have a guest? Not a guest. New recruit. Absolute stone-cold badass with main character energy, as I have been declaiming for a while. Uh -huh. what been is very... He's, he's repeated that a lot. It's, um... Right. Wow. Right. What you do here? Yeah. What what is what is main character energy? Uh, Saida I, will ask, despite her own better judgment. I Bidru I don't know, and I've been afraid to ask this whole time. Bidru uh, is more okay. than willing to start a uh, fifteen minute uh, lecture about the narrative arc, but maybe we should. No, you're no. being fortunately you're being interrupted by Bald Murad. Because, uh, <laughs> so good. I I think it's like a walk. That's a walk, right? And he points at the shield. <laughs> No, Bald Murad, you're an idiot. I, I mean, you guys are fighting look at... shields in your school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Saida will say, uh, no, that, that's uh, quite a large shield. That's fairly atypical, actually. Can you fight with that? I mean, there's fight and there's make sure nobody's left standing. I wouldn't say what I do is quite as elegant as um, you. You know, you might be exactly, I've, I've been thinking, hmm, okay, Vidrohi, uh, because Mushfiq is not here, and I want to make clear that if Mushfiq was here, I would prefer him, but because you are here and he's not, uh, how about you help me demonstrate something to, uh, to our students? Uh, I didn't catch your name, but you wouldn't mind taking part in a demonstration, would you? Um, of course, yes. Um, Clementine, pleasure to. Um, this is this is Saida, right? The, yeah. Am yeah. I am I supposed to am I supposed to refer to her as Auntie? Uh, I will ask you not to. I have failed at making these people stop. Um, if you could not encourage their dumb, I'm not their actual aunt. I want to be very clear. They just call me Auntie because I'm old and around them. Wait, just not? like they do to all. Yeah, I mean, like it's like a distant relation, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. their grand, 
parents, cousin, yeah, that kind of thing, right? You know, yes, it's just Bald Murad is genuinely surprised by this information. I don't think uh, he ever yeah. knew this. Yeah, but um, and I think Saida will say um, anyway. So what is going to happen now? Uh, and she's looking at uh, the rest of the students, and she will say, um, "I am going to demonstrate to you how to use the rising moon style in partnership, in a way that you can use with someone else who is trained in the style." And I don't expect you to get to this level, but I want you to know that it is possible. This is what the epitome of this style is. Um, and basically what I want to do, because now we've got a training ground and I'm 2xp away from uh, my playbook advance, uh, I'm going to do my training action. But what I want to do is um, me, I'm going to try and teach Bidrohi how to take advantage of openings that I create or try to create in Clem's defense. And Clem is actually perfect because she's got a shield. So she's actually like really good at not being open, right? So it's going to take some skill to find them. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And Bidrohi gives a big bow and says, it is one of the signal honors of my life to be Shere Khatam's understudy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good moment, actually. I, you can go ahead and do this training action, Zaida. Uh, but I think as you say, Shere Khatam, I think it's also a great moment for Mushvik to come back running from the cops. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. He's gonna arrive just after yeah. we start. So now it's too awkward. Not not even awkward. It's just not great yeah. for me to be like, oh now he's here, you can stop, right? Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And yes, you both can take a training action that's perfect, and everyone has taken one downtime action. Then Yay. excellent. Yes. Uh -huh. But mine's uh, a prowess take... training action. Mm -hmm. Oh nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. yes. I'm gonna take the ability that we discussed in uh chat. Uh, mm -hmm. Which yep. is that now I am an Ustad of, well, I mean, I always was to some extent, but now well, I'm tell, also. Tell the listeners what it is. Yeah. Yes. So um, we had been discussing, I wanted an ability that would reflect the, the way that Saida is actually like a master uh, swords person. And um, what I've decided is I will take an ability that allows me, when I fight using the Rising Moon style, to spend stress to get extra effects. So I can spend one stress to either disarm my opponent, uh, move unimpeded by the landscape or uh, my enemies, or kind of importantly, I can create an opening for another warrior of my school. So what this makes okay. Saida really good actually is setting up for other people. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I think that one of the reasons I wanted this is that I think our style is actually Totally okay with ganging up on our enemies. Oh yeah, I mean, right. Your style is based on your style is basically formalized peasant rebellion, so that makes a lot yes, of exactly. sense. Yeah. So yeah. I have no problem like <laughs> coordinating with somebody else and throwing sand in Clementine's eye, so like, uh, yeah, Pedro he can bonk her over the head or something, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Cool. But so yeah, you settle down into training, and Clementine gets a taste of this fighting style, and then Mushrik yeah. comes I'm, back. Yeah, but I'm also curious about like how Clementine responds to this, right? Because like it's not a fair fight. Unless it is, because Clementine's that good. I mean, Clementine's really fucking good at wrecking people's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, 
So do oh, you think that what's yeah, no, go ahead. Why don't we just roll some fortune, like some opposed fortunes mm. to see how it goes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can add um, some dice. Yeah. Okay. You know I what I'm going to do, actually? I will... Mm -hmm. uh, no, I won't. I was tempted to push myself on this fortune roll, but it's silly. Um, <laughs> do it. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, mm -hmm. It's just bad to be encouraged in your bad decisions. Uh, fortune roll. I'm going to roll skirmish. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. uh, so with one bonus die, that's three dice. Nice. It's a six. Yeah. I'm going to roll finesse because even though I should be skirmishing, even though you're telling me to skirmish, even though you're telling me to you know just fight like a normal person, uh, mm -hmm. I really want to impress Clem. So I'm going to roll finesse. <laughs> oh man, Vidrohi, you already got a girlfriend. Yeah, I know. And Clementine's too old for you. Do you think that's the only reason I try to impress people? Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> Two out of one. <laughs> Clementine, would you like to roll your three wreck dice? I would like to roll my three wreck dice. I'm going to yep. wreck your shit. Defensive wreck. You're going to wreck Bidroni's shit. Wreck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a shield, so. Mm. <laughs> Please tell us what you just did. Everyone yeah. got wrecked. Everyone got Even Bejal, so, somehow. Somehow Bejal also Clem got wrecked. Yes. Clementine is very, very good at this. What does it look like? Um, well, for the for the listeners, I just rolled um, on my three wrecked dice, a six and a six, a six and a six. Um, I, first roll. Yeah, I'll drink yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I think... So Clem has, as a bear's arc, an item called a Rage Essence Vial. Now, uh, they're getting pissed, at, I think, at being ganged up on. Expected a fair mm. fight. Mm. I think duck behind the shield just for a moment. Mm. Duck back up, and there's just... Mm. it. The tide turns. Uh-huh. And yeah. you just go... You just go absolutely berserk. Side note, that is very cool, but when you describe ducking behind the shield, for some reason I imagine you having like the rage as it's taped to the inside of your shield with a straw. <laughs> just yeah, just, just give me a moment. Oh, yes. fuck. <laughs> I think part of the problem is that, you know, when you're ducking, I'm like, Saidanti, watch this. And I jump on top of the shield, hoping to like get over the shield. And that's when you get, send me literally spinning and I and I pinball into yeah. Saidanti, and then we both uh -huh. pinball yeah. into Vajal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vajal is knocked <laughs> yeah. over. And yeah, Clementine, you absolutely wreck the uh, the students. I think everyone gets like thrown aside, with one exception, and it's your other cohort pilot, who I think is the only person yes. on your crew smart enough to stay away. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, the uh, bald yeah, think... silent companion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think... Um, Saida stands up. This is probably the first time that any of our students have seen Saida so absolutely like had their shit kicked in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Saida like like stands up a bit, like wind wind knocked out of her. Uh, looks at Clementine and says, "Now there's a fighter." <sighs> Main Kaji. I, I called it. Right? <laughs> Shit. Are, are you are you all right? Um, are you are you all right? You two. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I. Uh, you have nothing just... to apologize for. That's probably the most fun I've had fighting 
in a very long time because I don't even feel bad that I lost to you because we ganged up on you and you still, well, he did try to jump on your shield, but it still takes an incredible amount of skill to just shrug that off. So, you know. I mean, uh, uh, holy shit, you're amazing. Yeah, so I will say, don't even worry about it. Um, And I'm going to like grab Clementine uh by the by the shoulder uh point them at um at our training ground and say um so this is where you will be now teaching your lessons because you're much better than me and i don't need to teach anymore and i'm like whispering this in your ear so that like you know that what i'm actually doing is fobbing this off on you but nobody else knows that Mm-hmm. Um, thank, yeah, I mean, uh, thank you. Um, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Mm. Are you sure I'm the right person for this? You are amazing I, out there. No, 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 no. I'm an old woman with little to no control over her joints. You, on the other hand, I bet you could balance on that shield if you needed to. I mean, I'd really rather not. But, yeah. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Um, okay. And I'm just going to, yeah, uh, clap her on uh, the shoulder and say, well, I guess I'll see you inside, but um, I need to just get some water. Wishfeek, why do you seem so tired? Why are you out of breath? Here close the doors to the house of endings. Those who dwell within are so happy. Hold close. Adiat, called Soap, Saumitri, called Tree, and Emma. I have been Prince, your host. Our city of Uduasha is based on Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions, with special thanks to Johnstone Metzger. Follow us on Twitter, or support us on ko-fi.com slash desperateattune. If you want to engage further with us, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash where you will get our newsletter, extra content, and updates from Uduasha. Just some fucked up shit for the next episode of Desperate Tune. Thank you, Master Pitrohi. Thank you. Very kind. We appreciate the tea. But we have drunk from you already. So much hospitality you've shown.